Hello and welcome. My name is Brent Weaver and this is the Digital Agency Show. The podcast that goes behind the scenes with today's top agencies and entrepreneurs. I am really glad you're here. And once again, it's time to transform your business mindset. Hey, what's up, agency owner? If you're new here, I've got a free ebook on how to scale your business to multiple six and even seven figures by overcoming your dependency on referrals, doubling your profit per project, and removing yourself as the main bottleneck in your business. All you have to do is DM me the word gift on Facebook at Brent Weaver. That's facebook.com slash Brent Weaver. And I'll send you your guide on how to achieve freedom in business and life. All right, let's get back to the podcast. I'm Mark Gutman, and this is the Digital Agency Show. Wait, what? Mark Gutman? Where is Brent Weaver? Well, we have a treat in store for you today. This is the 200th episode of the Digital Agency Show. And I am so honored because I have been asked by Brent to flip the script, and I am going to be interviewing him today. And so why don't we get right to it? Brent, welcome to your own podcast. Good to be here, Mark. I have to say I have a a really big smile on my face because I had no idea how this was going to kick off today. You know, and that's kind of funny because neither did I, but here we are. And as I mentioned at the intro of the show, we're talking on the 200th episode. 200! That is no easy feat. I actually just saw a stat recently that most podcasts don't make it past like four or five. So 200 episodes, how, like, like how much time has elapsed in 200 episodes? How long has it been since you kicked off the first episode? That's a good question. I should, I should have had that answer very well prepared for us today. I think it was sometime in, uh, yeah, it was about four years ago. I think we're, we've been launched weekly, most weeks. I think we got consistent, really consistent in the last couple of years, but those first couple of years, I think there were some stretches and, um, and last January through March, we kind of went on a short hiatus while I was taking care of some stuff or no, the 2019, we went on three months of hiatus after while I was, while I was buying out my business partner. Four years. That's like, I don't know, like 12 years and podcast years, early adopter, right? Like four years ago, when you think about what the space was like, not everybody was launching podcasts. Do you remember that first episode? Like who was the guest? I do. It was Phil Lockwood, who has made a couple of appearances on the show. I think he's at three or four uh, since then. He actually is the agency owner that purchased my digital agency, Hot Press Web, and has been an investor in YouGurus um, and a mentor of mine for, for many, many years. He was, he was episode number one. Wow, Phil Lockwood in the Four Timers Club. I kind of think he'd be like walking around in the You Gurus Four Timers blazer, like, you know, part of the Four Timers Club, like in the back room, hanging out. But what was the topic of that episode? You know, that's a good question. I don't, um, I don't have the, I could probably go back and, and find the answer to that. I, I, I should know. I mean, I think we were probably talking about some of the things, some of Phil's philosophy on, profitability in running a lean agency. And I think Phil has been instrumental in, you know, my, my business mindset, but I think that he is one of those stories that he had a, 
He had like a 70 per, he was president or CEO of Xylem CCI, which was a 70 plus person shop here in Denver. They had like the, they literally had a bar in their agency. And I think that at one point they had a mini half pipe. Like it's like the, like it's like the most, you know, when you imagine like the cool hip agency doing huge brands, I mean, that was his thing. And he, he walked away from the whole thing. Uh, and you know, and then he went out on his own and just did like a solo, highly lean virtual agency from there. And I think it's been, uh, he's a really interesting story to, to learn about it. So if I had to guess, that's probably what we went into on that first episode was him leaving Xylem. Yeah. And so like, why did you even start a podcast in the first place? What was the vision back then? You know, like, what did you think you were going to do with this thing? I didn't want to start one. I mean, I, I can't say it any more clearly than that. I mean, I, I was, so at the time, uh, Steve Thiel, who was my uh, former business partner, he was running our marketing and he really thought that we needed to do something to stay front of mind and deliver, you know, really diverse value over time. Just kind of have something that's like really long tail, something that when we, you know, he was like, I want to. I think we should do this and it's, you know, we're, we're probably not going to get any results for a year. And even then, maybe we won't even know, right? It, it, it just, we're going to do something that's really long tail. That's all about value. And, you know, I knew in my head, if we start this, we can't stop. And I think for me personally, that's just that level of commitment to something that once you commit to it and you say, hey, we're going to do this every single week. Like you can't stop. And I think a lot of times we think of, oh man, somebody has a podcast. Like that's so cool that they're getting results or they're talking to these cool people and these guests, but the commitment behind shows that I think last. And whenever somebody tells me that they're going to start a podcast, my first advice to them is that's the worst idea ever because it's so much work and the results are so not instant. I mean, it took us forever, I think, before it was maybe like a couple of years into it. I was at our event, you summit and like just so many longtime customers, you know, I just kept noticing this pattern mark where they would say, you know, Oh, I was listening to this episode of the podcast. Oh, I love when you interviewed so-and-so. I'd, and nobody like said like, Hey, the podcast is why we're buying from you. But a lot of people were talking to me about, you know, that they listened to the show or I started getting comments. Like, I mean, around episode a hundred, somebody would be like, Oh man, I've listened to every episode of your show. And that's where I was like, oh, like this is, this is like worked. It's like done something. Like somebody's listened to a hundred hours or whatever of, of us. And I think that that's, you know, when I started hearing that stuff, you know, I'm thankful that, you know, Steve really pushed this idea and made it happen. You know, that being said, I mean, you know, I hosted the show and the amount of work I've put into it. Other people, you know, he just kind of pushed the start button, right? And then, and I think that was what my resistance was, Mark, was that I knew that if, if once we started this, it was going to have to be something that showed up in my calendar every week. And I think that kind of freaked me out. Yeah. Uh, you know, Listening to 200 hours, I guess 199 of, of Brent Weaver. That's a lot, a lot of Brent Weaver. So whoever that person was that said they've watched every show, like I think we have a car for them at the end of this episode. <laughs> Don't. Just, just kidding. Just kidding. Just no, because no you're the host doesn't mean. <laughs> I, can give, I can give away anything I want on this show. I just realized that. Like I have like ultimate control and power. I can just make promises to all the whole digital agency show audience. But uh 
you know, that was kind of going to be one of the things I was going to ask was what was hard about podcasting for you? And I think you, you answered that really succinctly. So what do you like about podcasting? What's great about it? What, what do you get from it? So one of the questions that people have asked me is they say, what podcast do you listen to? And the answer to that is, I mean, almost none. And I think one of the things that I love about podcasting is that it's almost in a way for, you know, it's this ultimate control to curate who you learn from as if I was going to go out there and listen to a podcast. So I get to interview people and ask them the questions that I want to know the answers to. And I obviously think about our audience and I think about the people that are listening to the show. And I, I try to like really pull out the key insights and takeaways. And, but I think that it's kind of, it's this huge learning opportunity for me that I get to meet these really cool people. Some of these unexpected people, the people I don't ever, I've never met them. I don't know anything about them. And, you know, I read over their, their, um, the, the, the guest notes and, kind of think about some ideas and then I end up talking to them and I just, I get to learn so much. It's like an hour a week, you know, some, some weeks I do two or three interviews and then I don't do an interview, but it's like on average about an hour a week of learning that I get to do with our guests. And that's been really fascinating for me. And actually at the time when we kicked off the show, I was doing almost all video. And at the time we, you know, we do more, we live stream our podcast now, but for the first 150 episodes or whatever, we didn't do that. And so I would go down to my basement and I had a podcasting set and it was a little bit dark and it was like me and the microphone and I would make sure our guests had cameras off. And it was like, we had, we got to have this conversation and I got to know people. Sometimes they were like big names in our industry, you know, people like Ryan Dice, you know, people like, uh, Mike McCallowitz, you know, just these amazing founders, entrepreneurs, consultants, I felt like we got to have this very intimate conversation for, you know, about an hour. And there's the before we go live, there's the actual podcast, and there's the afterwards. And, and, and a lot of times some of the the off mic stuff is some of the most interesting. But I, I think it's something that I've been able to learn a lot from people and just get to know them and have really fascinating conversations. And that's become, that's really been, I think, the fuel that sustained it. And then the the frosting and the the cherry on top is when people come up to me and say, "Hey, you know, this has made a big impact on me." Hey, what's up, agency owners? Brent here, and I'm going to rant for a quick second about Google Analytics. I don't know about you all, but I find that platform so difficult sometimes. I was in a meeting with a client, and they asked some basic questions about their website and funnel performance, and we hadn't set up all of their goals just perfectly to answer every possible question. And we weren't able to give them that answer. And I really felt like we were flat-footed. Like we had all this data, but we didn't actually have the insights that we need. A friend of mine sent me a link to a new tool called Oribi. And I have to say, I've been blown away at this new analytics platform, how intuitive it is, the fact that you don't have to have a developer to set things up, the fact that data is retroactive and you can ask questions of the platform that you didn't set up ahead of time which makes you look like a rock star with your clients because your clients are going to ask 10 questions. And then when you give them those answers, they're going to ask 10 more questions. So you want to be able to show your clients cool results, but you also want to show your clients really succinct insights when it comes to their marketing performance, their website performance, their campaigns, their traffic spends, all of that kind of stuff. So look, if you're interested to learn more, I definitely recommend checking out Oribi. Go to oribi.io, that's O-R-I-B-I.io. And because you're all amazing listeners of the Digital Agency Show, 
They're hooking us up 20% off your first three months. If you go to oribi.io slash yougurus or use the code yougurus on their website. So check them out, oribi.io. Let's get back to our program. Yeah, it's, it's really cool that you've moved so far to video. Uh, I've done a little bit in the same in my podcast out of necessity, but I kind of missed the, like I missed when I started, I did the exact same thing. It was audio only. And there's something really magical and special when you have someone on your headset and your headphones, just, and you're talking to them and you're having this intimate conversation. And I can really, you know, relate to the magic that, that you felt there as well. So as you think about your catalog of episodes, 199 episodes in the past, and, and you go back, like, what's a takeaway or two that just pops into your head that, that resonates or even something that surprised you from the podcast that you just were like, whoa, like, I, I didn't see that coming. I think the, uh, I mean, and this is probably an obvious insight, but sometimes it's, you know, that there's all these people that appear like they have it all together, that they're successful and they're, you know, everything's kind of worked out for them. And I think when you start to pull back the curtain and you unpack those layers, I think there's always, you know, there's always a backstory. There's always struggle, you know, I've never interviewed anybody who's just like, ah, this has been super easy. You know, it's like, it's like some of the people that have the biggest and most successful businesses have some of like the gnarliest transformation moments or, you know, histories where they, they failed for, you know, 10, 15 years. And, and I hate to say that like, oh, you must fail in order to succeed big because that's probably some, some, you know, there's all sorts of mindset limitations there. But I think that the people that I've interviewed in general, like there's always kind of this, this uh, you know, kind of coming of age as an entrepreneur. And some people that you think are really successful, like sometimes, you know, you get into it and they're like, oh, yeah, that business, that, that actually was totally failing and, you know, cost me a ton of money. And so I think just we make these assumptions as entrepreneurs, we see people out there engaging on social media or on, you know, on in, in the marketplace. And we just make these assumptions about, you know, who they are or why they do what they do. And then when you actually talk to them like one person at a time, the story, it's always different than your assumption. Like very, very rarely are you ever like, oh, that actually lines up exactly with what my assumption was, right? And I think that's been one of the most surprising things from interviewing so many people on the show. Do you have one of those transformational stories or one of those stories that just kind of like comes back in your mind and you just can't shake or one that you remember, uh, you know, that's always with you? I mean, there's some interesting, oh, there's so many. I mean, I think one of the most recent ones, Mike R.C. Uh, was one of the people that I talked to that just, have you ever, have you ever talked to somebody, Mark, where it's just clear they're playing like a really big game. Like they, their vision or their idea of what they want to accomplish. It's just like big. Right. And, and I think Mike RC was one of the people that I talked to that like recently, I just felt like, wow, this person is somebody who used the power of their business to like change who they were and to aim for goals that are just like really big and kind of intimidating to some point, you know? And, uh, and so I was really impressed with him. 
I'm just kind of scrolling through our catalog here. I wish I just had them all on, you know, memory. I feel like at 200, you kind of have, um, you know, there's there's a good deal to, to pull from. Some of my favorite. Well, let me yeah. let you off the hook. Let me let you off the hook a little bit. Or while you're doing that, I'll give you some time. So I know you have two beautiful boys, and I'm sure that if I asked you who your favorite was, you'd say I'm not allowed to do that. But I'm going <laughs> to ask you. But I have three children, right? And while I won't tell you that I have a favorite, I always do have a favorite at any given time, right? So right now I have a favorite of my three kids. I'm not going to tell the audience who it is because in case this gets out and there'd be uh, a lot of controversy in the Gutman household. But right now at this time, when you look back, what was like your favorite episode? What episode, you know, if, if I came to you and I said, I have to, have to listen to one episode, Brent, what, which one would you recommend? Mm, you had to listen to one episode. You know, I, the, one of the ones that comes to mind is... Oh man, there's so many awesome people here. I think you're, you're now making me choose between my my kids, and I'm feeling really uncomfortable with the whole thing. But I'm not going to be be let off the hook because there's some amazing people that we had on the show. I, I think you know one of my second, but ep- I think it was the second episode was Keith Roberts was one that stands out in my mind, and the reason was was because I think the lesson that he shared was around he he had a a project go south and he got in a legal dispute with the client and he was in the right he was totally in the right and he went after it thinking that he was going to win this settlement and you know get his money and he spent a good amount of money i can't remember i can't remember what it was it was like i for some reason the number four hundred thousand dollars stands out of my head like he it was like a big amount of money and in this and, and i think it was like a hundred thousand dollar engagement and the idea was that he would get this settlement where you know they and i'm, I'm paraphrasing this i haven't listened to the, uh, listened to the episode in a very long time but i think the idea was you know he would win this thing and then they would have to cover his legal fees and he'd get all of his money for his client back, right? From from the project, the, the money that was owed, and he ended up winning. But the business, I think, they must have gone bankrupt as part of this, and so he got nothing, you know. So he was like in the right, but it was like he was right, but it wasn't good, you know. It, it ended up almost almost destroying his business, and and I think that's been like a theme for me is to really be careful in situations where. You know you're right, but it's not necessarily good for either you. It's not good for your business. It maybe isn't good for your your attention and your time. And and Keith is like a super like zen, like you know he's very centered, right? And just to hear that, you know, here's somebody who has run this you know multi million dollar agency for many many years. Just to hear them talk about something so vulnerable and an experience that obviously shaped a lot of him as an entrepreneur and, and to share that. I just think that a lot of people look at at big successful agencies that are doing seven figures or multiple seven figures. Oh, you have it all figured out. And then to hear, you know, Keith come onto the program and basically like admit to this $400,000 mistake was like, it just kind of changed my perception of, of Keith, I think. And it also just changed my perspective of people that are running businesses that seem super buttoned up from the outside. Yeah, we, we don't always know the whole story, do we? Um, there's there's always a lot going on, and um, we just never never know what's behind behind the scenes. I think we all do a really good job of putting up a good good facade and and uh, a happy face because uh, a lot of times uh, we have to. But 
you know, we talked about at the beginning of the show that uh, this show launched about four years ago. And if you can believe that, if I do my math right, you know, that was like 2017. What was going on in the business of you gurus four years ago when you started this podcast? Like, what did your business look like? And what was going on at that time? Well, we had been running our uh, 10K bootcamp for three years. And we were just starting to think about, you know, our the one year program that we run now called U Academy Pro and Elite. And it, it was a a twinkle in our eye at that point. So everything was boot camp all the time, just like cranking out these 10 week, these 10 week programs. And um and boot camp was such a I mean, we still do kind of a version of that to help people get to kind of, you know, get some momentum in their in their agency. But I really just wanted to start going after like a bigger goal with people. And the idea of, of you Academy Pro is we help help agencies own their market, choose a, choose a market, get really clear on who they serve, and then become the go-to authority in that space to grow and scale and create more freedom in their business and life. And that, that vision didn't really exist at all when we started the podcast. And so just thinking back at that time, I mean, we were just obsessed with helping people sell their first $10,000 project. And I think we helped, you know, about 1500 people go through that experience and and so i think we were just very you know we were very focused on that and you know i uh my second son was uh was on the way so you know i mean life was kind of different i lived in a different place uh my family dynamic was different we had one child at the time and so i think at a, on a personal level i mean even 4 years ago life was was very different yeah, and with the passage of 200 episodes as the podcast clock moves forward in time, we're here now. I know we've all been through an incredibly tough year with the pandemic and, and everything that's going on, as well as with all the external uh, things going on in our society. But how are things different for you gurus in 2021? What's the business look like today? Yeah, so we've got a, I mean, I'd, I'd start with our our amazing team we have um you know an, an amazing lead mentor jen buzza who looks after our people uh like relentlessly as well as uh marima and brandy our other our other mentors that are are um you know they're all all three of them are active agency owners and they're just they do so much for our membership um we spend a lot of our time you know focused on our, our programs and memberships and diana uh, who was with us in 2017 is still our lead strategist, just helping to consult with agencies on the front end and figuring out if if what we do is going to be a good fit for them. Uh, my wife Emily actually runs our marketing, so she she is a, is the the backbone of this show and makes sure that every episode gets out, gets out on time, guests get booked, all the stuff that happens behind the scenes. She makes sure that that happens. We have an amazing new full-time addition to our team. She's actually been on our team for about a year, Amber, who is now Director of Operations at YouGurus um, as of about a month ago, um, which has been an amazing uh, lift for me in terms of just having somebody who's there to to take care of all the details of all the great things that we do for our clients. And so, you know, I mean, I'd say that one of the biggest changes, I mean, from four years ago when we started the program, I mean, one, it was, it was led by a partnership. I bought out my partner in August, August of 2019. That was a huge shift for me as an entrepreneur going from a partner-driven company to a, a solo founder. I mean, you, you know, you've been, 
you're uh, you know you run your your business, and I think that's been a you know twenty years of of having a business partner to to now not. I mean, it's it's definitely been an adjustment for me and in, in changing a lot of my work styles. You know, we had a a, a big in person office in 2017. We had like a studio and all this stuff, and our team started going remote. To where like I was the only person in this. Like I'd come into this three thousand square foot office, and like it was just me. You know, and I was like, "What am I? Why, why are we paying for this? Like, our our, our electricity bill is five hundred dollars a month to like air condition this huge space." And I'm like, literally, like, I'm the only one here. Everybody's working remote. I mean, it wasn't like that all the time. People would come in for like a weekly team meeting and stuff. And so I think we started, you know, trying to create more flexibility with the business. Um, you know, our core why is to help entrepreneurs uh, achieve freedom in business and life. And I think we started to look at that why and think, Hey, we need to lead by example. And so we wanted to create more freedom for ourselves. And so, so we started making some changes to, uh, to our business structure went totally remote. And, um, you know, our team has changed a little bit. A couple of people are still, you know, hanging around with us. Um, but we have seen our team change and that's been super empowering for me is to see our the people that have been such great stewards of the Uguru's brand to go and grow both in our company, but also to have them, you know, move on and do other things. I mean, there's several team members that I still keep in touch with, do a lot of collabor- collaboration with that were with us. And then our, our members, I mean, our members have been huge to our success and our ability to, to run this business. And I mean, that's really what it's all about for us is, is helping to get them better and better results. And we put a lot of work into that, but they also, you know, they're a big part of that journey, obviously, that there's this huge group of people that trust us to help them grow their business. And they're willing to try things differently than what they're used to and take chances and, you know, seeing their growth, seeing their growth every, every day just blows me away. You know, I just got a, a message this morning from somebody telling me about how the training that we did yesterday just help them get complete clarity on their financial picture for the next six months. And they were, they know exactly what they need to do for their business to hit their goals. And so getting messages like that, big or small, whether somebody lands a huge six, six figure project or, you know, says, Hey, you just gave me the clarity we need. I mean, that's definitely, you know, that has always been a big part of why we do what we do. Yeah. So what are you struggling with right now? Like what's, what's your, your biggest challenge in the business? I know you spend all day talking to entrepreneurs about their challenges, but what's going on for you and your business? Ooh. And, and, and keep in mind, we, only, we, we don't, we don't have the whole day for this <laughs> podcast. So uh, <laughs> just choose one. Yeah. You know, I think like most entrepreneurs, like I have a, I've got a big issues list. It doesn't ever seem to go away. Um, what's the guy from Zingerman's Ari? Ari Zingweg, Weisenweg. What's this like? I had him on my podcast too. <laughs> He's got a tough last name. I actually sat with him in his cafe and interviewed him. <laughs> Ari Weinswig. Yes. Weinswig. Yeah. So he's one of the founders of Zingerman's. And he, one of the quotes I, I learned from him that has helped me sleep at night is that, and I'm paraphrasing this, but basically, you know, becoming successful with your business doesn't mean that all of your problems go away. It just means you get to work on more fun problems. And I think that I used to think, you know, especially my wife reminds me of this because I used to tell her that, you know, hey, just just this one more, you know, we're going to get this deal or we're going to launch this product and then all will be right in the world. Right. You can only you can only tell somebody that so many times. 
before they're like, this person is just crying wolf, right? Like they're they're like the sky is always like it's always this one launch. You're always one launch away from never having to work again. And I think with a little bit more maturity and probably a lot more gray hair, I like Ari's his mindset because it was it, once I realized that like these problems aren't ever going to go away. I mean, these problems might, today's problems might, but I'll have plenty more problems to work on in six months or a year. And I think my goal is that I'm just getting to work on more, more fun problems over time. So, I mean, getting down into the weeds, I think that, you know, probably one of the biggest challenges that I've had since since really uh, January of 2019, so so two years, is since exiting with with my business partner is just learning how to lead a company without, you know, without having your your yang. You know, you have kind of like I, I I have my yin and he has his yang, and you know we had that kind of relationship for 20 years, and so I think that's been probably one of the biggest challenges. And I can look at everything that's going on right in terms of like not letting go of the vine in certain areas of our business or, you know, being resistant in other areas is probably a byproduct of having to kind of relearn how to operate. And so, you know, that's been definitely a big challenge. And I think um, one of my things that I did this year was was bring on Amber full time kind of uh, and, and have somebody who I can now, you know, have meetings with and get that, you know, kind of be have my feet put to the fire and really relying on other entrepreneurs like yourself. And and some programs to be that that sounding board, but it's it's hard, man. It's hard running a company as a solo founder. You know, you don't have that person to go to, to that kind of has a stake, has the same stake as you in the situation. And um and so that's been that's been a big adjustment. And you know, and last year was a total, you know, it was a it was such a curveball. You know, I think coming out of 2020, you know, I think what I learned from that is you know, as long as you're willing to get your hands dirty and break stuff, um, you know, you can you can get through a global pandemic and an economic crisis and, you know, but there's still some stuff um, going on with that. At a super tactical level, I mean, you know, uh, we have this amazing free Facebook group, Profitable Digital Agency Owners, and we're trying to get engagement up. I mean, that's like a really tactical problem. Like we just had a meeting about today. It was like, hey, how do we get people to to participate more and to because we have all this value to give and we know that we can help people and so it's like how do we build that trust with people to where they're willing to engage with us and make our group a place they go to for information and so i mean that's an example of something that's on my issues list from today mark that's you know if there are people out there that are engagement experts right or that are rock stars at that and and have some ideas i mean we'd love to obviously talk to you but i mean that's something that was on the issues list today and we have some ideas but you know no silver bullets hey what's up agency owners i want to tell you about one of my favorite white label partners e2m they can help with all your website design web development seo and content needs for your client projects This includes WordPress, WooCommerce, Shopify, BigCommerce, Webflow, Duda, SiteGlide, custom PHP applications, and much more. Have peace of mind when it comes to your outsourcing needs. Let E2M become an extension of your team so you can grow and scale how you want. Check them out today at E2MSolutions.com. That's E, the number two, M, solutions.com. All right, back to our show. So... What does the future look like for you gurus? We talked we talked a lot about kind of where we are today and some challenges, but but what does the future look like? What are you most excited about? What what are you looking forward to? 
One of the mantras that I'm a huge fan of is this idea of less but better. And we are using that as a back of the house theme this year in, in with our team and looking for opportunities to make things within our, our program better, give people fewer things to do and get them better results. And we've done some different things this year that have really been, I mean, our members have told us they're game changing. And let me, let me give you an example. And, and so it's hard to say like big picture how this is going to impact people, but it's, it's something that I'm most excited about right now that we're doing that is feeling really good. We have been delivering training and coaching for many, many years before many current coaches and trainers ever even had the business that they, you know, have, you know, used as their model of success, right? We've been doing this now for, for over 10 years. And one thing we found that we wanted to do more of is, you know, not just create a training, but also give people a fully implementable system that they could put into play in their business and more importantly, have other people in their business implement. So an example is we created this video nurture engine where the agency owner, the founder creates a video, a little bit of content, maybe three to five minute video for their their people, uh, their, their audience. And then we created all of the documentation, all of the templates, all of the landing pages, basically everything to take that video then and turn it into like you know, 30 different pieces of marketing content, which is like a really hard thing to like, you can get the idea, but then to take that idea and actually, you know, go to your team and say, Hey, here's this new system from you gurus and you go watch this video and figure out how to, you know, help me implement this and build it all from scratch. Right? Like that's kind of what we had been doing for the last few years. And we came up with this idea of why don't we just build all of the SOPs, build all of the templates, build all the frameworks, and then build the training and checklist for the team members to implement this system into the business so the entrepreneur or the agency owner can just hand them, you know, hand them a link and say, hey, here's everything that we need to implement for this thing. And so we've done that for a couple of our trainings over the last couple of months, and it's been transformational. Instead of the agency owner showing up for our training, they have themselves and like three or four of their team come to the training, and then everybody leaves on the same page. And the agency owner has their resources, but then their team members have everything that they need to do to go and create this. And I'll give you one more example because I just, this blows me away. One of these trainings was on building the SOP, uh, basically building the agency playbook, your Bible, if you will, of everything that you need to do in your business to deliver stuff. So we did this sprint and everybody brought their team and one of our agencies, because their team was there learning how to build SOPs, learning how to build a playbook, we had a goal of them creating three SOPs by the end of the four weeks, right? We wanted them to create three SOPs that they could use in, in the business. And this agency in our program, because their team was empowered to do this, created over 100 SOPs, basically in like three or four weeks. And, uh, and so I don't know where this is going to take us, Mark. I don't know where. But this idea of, you know, we don't serve just the agency owner, but we serve the agency and we want to be there to support the growth of the business and free the agency owner. And part of our way of doing that now is going to be to involve the team and do more of the work in the Uguru's lab and hand that over to people to implement. Like, it's just, it's something that I think not a lot of people in our space are doing. And I'm excited about it. Maybe it turns into like, 
the next big thing for us, maybe it's like, wow, this is like too much or like maybe it all blows up. I don't know. But right now, like people are are really pumped about that in our community. And that's something I'm excited about. I'm excited about that, too. That sounds incredible. <laughs> what, 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 wait, what, what is that? Is it time for the lightning round? <laughs> I just what was that noise. <laughs> you came equipped with your own sound effects, Mark. I'm ready, dude. I'm Everything ready. is on this miracle device we have right here. Look at that. It's a sound, foghorn app. All right. As is the tradition here on the Digital Agency Show, we have the lightning round. And Brent, are you prepared for the lightning round? I will do okay. <laughs> Setting expectations. I like it. What is the best advice you've ever received? The first one is a um, Vern Harness presented it at Digital Marketer many, many years ago. And that was the main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. It's advice I don't always follow. But when I have followed that advice, when I have spent time to identify what the main thing is, and I've gotten rid of everything else except for that main thing, it has always performed extremely well for me. The other piece of advice that has been something that I fall back on on a weekly, sometimes daily basis is for my dad, and that is life is full of lessons. Some are more expensive than others. And as an entrepreneur, it's easy to think about things in the context of failure. Like, oh, if I failed this, or oh, I just spent, you know, 10 grand on this thing that didn't work out or, or whatever. And I think taking that con that concept of, you know, some lessons are just more expensive than others, it's helped me create more objectivity and perspective with even some of my most expensive lessons, like, you know, failing to pay taxes for years and ending up having to pay like 135,000. Half of that was penalties and interest to the IRS. Um, you know, I had a webinar one time that we promoted $12,000 in ad spend and we missed, we scheduled it for the wrong time. We promoted it for 10 AM. I thought it was at noon by the time I showed up. You know, nobody was there. I mean, there's all these things that happen as an entrepreneur, and I think it's really easy to beat ourselves up. And I always just take it as, you know, that's an expensive lesson, and money is a renewable resource, and it'll we'll we'll figure it out, and it'll we'll learn from that and make it make it better. Which of your personal habits has contributed most to your success? Personal habits, I think I'll say waking up early. I would normally, probably if you would have asked me before kids, I probably would have said, oh, my morning routine, you know, now that I have kids, there's very little routine to it, but I do create space most mornings to wake up early. Maybe it's four, maybe 4.30 or five, and I get some time in to do stuff that I need to do. I used to stay up late, and I think that shift for me from staying up late to waking up early has been a really good thing. Share an internet resource, something like Evernote or Active Campaign, something that's like beneficial to you uh, that you can share with our listeners. Uh, maybe something that they might not know of, or at least, or maybe the one that's most impactful uh, in your life on a daily basis. I think in terms of tools, I mean, there's always some, some great tools out there. There's a trifecta of tools that I think have made a huge difference for my workflows throughout the day. Uh, one is my iPad Pro and Notability. Um, I used to have tons of notebooks and just carry around all this paper. And I think I switched off of that and I was not convinced that I was going to become a, 
you know, a digital note taker, but that's, you know, that combination of my iPad Pro and Notability has basically transformed that. And then layer on top of that eCam, and you can basically stream your iPad, your cameras, your switchers, all that kind of stuff. And I think it just takes up your webinar game or your live streaming game or your recording videos right from your desk. You know, I used to have this big studio. I still have the studio. It's in my basement. But I record 99% of my content right from my desk. And I don't have to have any expensive gear. So I think that combination of just iPad, Notability, and Ecamm, those three tools are great. What book would you recommend and why? I'm going to give three book recommendations. I'm the worst lightning round answer. I'm going to lose all credibility on lightning round here on out. My book recommendations, I'm going to say Ego is the Enemy by Ryan Holiday. I probably have pulled more quotes from that book for my writing and coaching than any other book. So that's one, Ego is the Enemy. My second book recommendation would be The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield, just overcoming resistance and the how resistance plays into into your business. And uh, the third is a book called Anti-Fragile, if you want to get into some heady ideas around some assumptions that we make in our life around this idea that, you know, we are, many, many things we do make us fragile. A good example of that is taking on debt um, makes you fragile, right, to future unexpected things versus being anti-fragile is almost like the absence of debt. That's just one example, but the whole book covers this idea of creating anti-fragile systems that can take uh, some blows. So it's it's probably the book that I've highlighted the most things of ever in a book I've ever read. Fantastic. Well, thank you for playing along in our lightning round. We'll make sure to link to all those resources, all those items that Brent mentioned in the show notes. Brent, how can our audience find out more about you and where can they check out more about Brent Weaver and you gurus? If you want to learn more about our amazing podcast, check out yougurus.com forward slash podcast. I'm a big fan of seeing agency owners achieve more freedom in business and life through choosing a market and owning that market. And if you're interested in learning more about that, check out my book, Get Rich in the Deep End. We'll make sure to link to all those items that Brent just mentioned in the show notes. Brent, thank you so much for coming on your own show, the Digital Agency Show, and being a guest. Well, everyone, that is it for this week's episode of the Digital Agency Show. Stay tuned each and every week for more great content coming to you to help you grow your digital agency so you can achieve freedom in your business and life. Until next time. I'm Mark Gutman. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And remember, if you want that free ebook on how to scale to multiple six and seven figures, all you got to do is DM me on Facebook the word gift at Brent Weaver, and I'll send you your guide on how to achieve freedom in your business and life. Until next time, I'm Brent Weaver. Brent Weaver.